Welcome to a very special episode of Broadway Radio. I am Matt Tamanini. I am joined by our friend and fairly regular guest, uh, Oliver Roth, who is a producer who I think produced every single thing on or off Broadway in the fall of 2019. Uh, fortunately, Oliver, I, you know, as bad as this is, I guess this is silver lining. You did not have any shows opening in the spring, so you have avoided all of this uh, yeah. COVID-19 stuff. But how are you doing hunkering down uh, in your I'm, home in New York? I'm doing well. Um, I, uh, I've uh, literally brought my entire desk set up pretty much to, to my home dealing with it. I mean, it's, it's been very weird, um, especially not having a show. So, I, I mean, I lost five performances of The Inheritance, and then Little Shop is postponed right, right. now, but it's a show that is not uh, we're, you know, we're open and running. And so, uh, I, one of the most interesting things about this is just figuring it's like not really knowing what to do. And we'll, we'll talk, I think near, near the end of our conversation about some of the stuff that we had in development and what this means for, for that. But it's been strange. Um, the whole, you know, the industry is shut down. Anyone who is working is working and, you know, it has anyone who has a show open right now is focusing a hundred percent of their attention on figuring out what to do. And so it's been really, really strange. Um, yeah. But I, I've been, you know, listening to more podcasts, listening to more Broadway radio and, and and getting through the day. So you talked about the things that are going on with producers who are trying to figure out what happens next if they have shows either open or getting ready to open in the spring season. I want to talk about that in the big picture before we get into the actual specifics of that. So as of now, Broadway is closed through what's it, April 12th. Right. Um, so that will have been a month off. If we just use big round figures, yeah. that, that means that Broadway is probably going to lose in the neighborhood, probably conservatively, $100 million in box office receipts. And that's on a very conservative side, I would yeah, imagine it closer to be 110 or 120, I would imagine. I actually think it, I think the four weeks, so it's funny you say this, one of the things that I've done over the past two days, because, you know, I'm a, I'm a numbers freak. And so one of the things that I uh, wanted to do is actually, I, there's a lot of different ways we could project this out. The way that I uh, looked at this, um, first of all, is I projected 141,000. Um, million, sorry, sorry, 141 million. And actually it's really 142 million because it's 141 million, uh, 800,000, 880,000. Um, there's a few different ways you can project this out. The way I chose to do it, uh, for what I was playing around with was, um, taking the week over week, uh, average growth. So looking at the way a year rises and falls with season out with, with the seasons and with openings and closings of shows and taking averages for the last 10 years and then applying those averages to the weeks we've seen so far in 2020 and, and even the end of 2019. So, so by my calculations, just the April 12th date, uh, you know, we're looking at 140 plus million dollars of, of loss. I think that the, the distinction in calculations, like the other thing to remember, and we'll we'll, we'll play this game out more. But, but one of the things to remember is that we're entering, we're not in like the hottest season as in terms of like sales. Um, that certainly, as we know, comes in the ho- like the holidays in December. We just came out of that. But what happens is the industry takes a dip, right, starting in in mid January, early February, and literally now is when we. F- start to come out of that dip so it could not really have this could not have really come at a worse time i mean i guess the holidays are worse uh potentially but they might not have the effects on the tonys which we'll talk about but but we like the industry has this is this is you know february march is when we are or, or yeah february beginning of march is when we're inching along waiting for that spring tourism and right before that spring tourism hit is when you know coronavirus also hit uh when these closures hit so million of lost box office receipts for Broadway in total. But now that everything has been closed and there's nothing running, how much money is that actually being lost by a general production? Obviously, it depends on each one, but they're not running. So I'm assuming all of the theater owners have suspended rent payments. What are they still paying for? And I'm not talking about the opportunity cost of what they could have been making. I'm talking about how much money 
are they having to pay, if any, to keep things ready to go if things actually come back on April 12th? It probably depends show to show. One thing that I will say is that the good thing about me not uh, actively on a show that is running right now is that I don't have to be as concerned with this question as other people do. So uh, do not take my word as uh, uh, take, take everything I say with a grain of salt. But from what I'm hearing and from everything I know, the cost to run a show right now is near zero. It's not zero. People still have producing offices to pay for um, any, you know, any weeklies or you know, things. I imagine, and again, I cannot speak for whether this is true, but I imagine that a lot of the agencies and, and shops that you would pay, you know, your press team, um, your advertising team, your GM team, are your, your creatives are taking either waivers uh, or just or, or either either completely waiving their payments for these weeks or deferring them to weeks where you can reopen uh, to keep costs down. The question of talent is an interesting one because, of course, you know the talent and and all the stagehands and everything are are governed by unions. And the interesting thing about Broadway shutdown, unlike um, the sports, uh, you know, NBA, uh, NHL, all the sports leagues, which shut down sort of indefinitely, Broadway is the only shutdown that came in that first wave of, of things to close that gave a definitive date as to when they expected to be back up and running. And there's a reason for that. Uh, and it's not because we're the most optimistic. Uh, it's because four weeks um, is generally the time that these uh, certainly I think the equity contract and and I'm guessing other union contracts allow for uh, you know altered payment structures for for their members from productions um, before you have to either make another deal with the union or let the person out of their contract or pay them. So the April 12th date was uh, the reason for that date was because. After that, I think it'll be one week at a time because the the name of the game um, will be changing week to week unless there's a new contract negotiated, you know, for the crisis. So definitely not nothing. Uh, the, the the shows have to spend a little bit of money. The shows also have right, especially shows that didn't open yet. They have expenses that have been amortized, you know, f- across these weeks. Um, there there are ad spends that were bought that covered the month of March. Uh, there are some of which can be pulled back, some of them switch, which probably can't. And um, there are also like, and this is where I'm, I'm hearing there's a lot of creativity. Hap- uh, you spoke about this on today on Broadway about people who are trying to grab back like advances paid or or certain payments to creatives. And I think on a case by case basis, we'll see what happens there. But certainly there are some uh, creative you know payments to creatives that are made based on the you know year calendar um, that may or may not be altered, right? Uh, even despite the fact that there's not really progress happening on shows right now. So that's on the cost side, right? Which I can't really speak to. What I have actually heard from people is on the sales side, people are seeing cancellations of tickets far beyond those four weeks because sure. people don't, aren't sure they're going to be able to travel in or because people don't aren't comfortable traveling in. So a lot of shows are actually seeing close to zero, some even negative um, sales over wow. the last week. Because uh, because people just – there's uncertainty in the marketplace and people don't know if they're going to be able to get to New York. People cancel their trips and they know they can get to New York. Obviously, there's four weeks of performances that were automatically refunded, which was a whole you – know, which was a huge chunk of, of money out of people's pockets. But, and it's not done yet. They are still refunding a lot of those correct. because they some are, of them they have still refunded. I have a bunch of tickets that haven't, haven't been refunded yet. So do yet. I. Um, but, but, um, but yeah, it's, uh, the, the costs are not zero, but, but for the first four weeks, they will be very, very low. Uh, however, people seem to be losing, losing money beyond that. Even if we were to open April 12th uh, for business, it seems like, you know, you have to sell more tickets than you would have had to, if, you know, to get out of the hole that you're in. To get out of the hole that you, that that this is built. Yeah. So again, this is obviously talking in broad strokes and generic terms and without looking at a specific show's, you know, budget and line items. If this extends beyond the April 12th date, which as you said, I think we all assume that it will, whether that's two more weeks or or four more weeks or eight more weeks or whatever. At, at what point do we have to start thinking of 
we might just see a complete, I don't know, deluge of shows closing. At what point yeah. after they have to start paying the equity actors and, and obviously um, stage managers as well, and who knows what the other individual union contracts yeah. are. Um, and not, I mean, not just stagehands and lighting and sound and then ushers as well. How does that all, at what point after that April 12th, should we expect to just see shows saying, yeah, worth a try. Let's try again some other day or something. Uh, sorry, worth, worth, you mean, at what point do we, do we see shows? Yeah. I mean, not, not like a specific date, not like this is the drop yeah. dead date, but what, when they have no money coming in, they have to start paying out money despite not having money come in, they're going to have more and more people getting refunds on their tickets because they have to cancel more dates. And then right. there's going to be a halo effect, I assume, for whenever Broadway does come, for whenever Broadway does come back, I'm assuming there's going to be yeah. weeks to months to a year before they can actually get back up to the regular rates of attendance yes, I think that that's they right. would. So when do they... At what point does somebody just say... And obviously, this is going to be different for every production, but when do they just cut bait and run and look for the next project another way yeah sorry okay so yeah close so uh, this is a this just popped in my head this comparison but i actually think it's a good one um again i cannot speak to any particular or or any production in particular um right right now everyone's just uh, like i haven't been hearing hearing much everyone's just trying to figure out what this means but i have to imagine that there are productions where this april 12th date uh, or or whatever date it is that they start have to really spending money is almost like a production that's on the fritz, but there's a few weeks to go until Tony nominations, and they're like, if we can just eke it out. And so yeah, you know yeah. how like when when the Tony when the nominations happen, shows post notice if they didn't do as well as they thought they were, or certainly the Tony Awards, or even you know opening if if there's a real you know there are shows right, and we haven't had it many recent in in the recent years, but certainly there are examples of shows who have posted closing notice. At the day after opening, if they just didn't get the reviews, or and there are tons of productions that post the day or week after uh, nominations and the day or week after the awards. I have a feeling that there are productions that are currently in this in the point where they're like they're not going to shut down shop and 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 call it quits um, as long as there is an inkling of hope that we can get this under control and be back in the theaters on April twelfth. But if April twelfth is the date where you have to start spending money and April 12th comes and goes, you might see in that week a closure, I would say, or two. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, again, I, I, I don't know. We can all speculate as to which shows are having these conversations, but my guess is that it's just a, uh, it, again, it's just like that situation of, well, you know what? We've got three more weeks to go until the Tony awards. And if we, if we win that Tony, which we probably won't win, but if we do, we're in a whole different ball game. I think that's probably where a lot of productions see themselves right now. If if by some miracle April twelfth is open for business, there's a whole different ball game. So, speaking of shows that might have tough decisions coming up for them, I have a list of sixteen shows that I think could make the decision either not to reopen, not to open, or not to even begin performances. And not all of those are going to be because of the you know, they weren't selling well beforehand and they lost too much money. Some of these are going to be because they have stars and they were supposed to be a limited run. And now they don't have enough runway to make the money to make the production profitable before those stars have to go do other things. Um, and then and then I've got four other shows that I don't think are as likely as those, but might just say we've had a good run. I don't know that we can re up for this because. Like you said, this is the time of year when things start to get busy. If it goes beyond April 12th, then we're going to start to see the Tony Awards time and how much money is lost that they just can't make up. It's not the holiday season when it's a condensed amount of time where they make a ton of money, but it's getting into the spring and summer where it's a longer period of time where they don't have as high of weekly grosses, but they do have consistently strong grosses. And if they lose that much money, will they be able to to have a cushion for when things get bad in the fall again. So I've got a list of 16 and then four more for a total of 20 shows that I think could have these tough decisions. What's interesting is, is that some of these things that didn't even begin previews could decide to wait, or they could go to right. the fall or go to the spring, or even some of them that did, you know, start, in, you know, have a few weeks of previews could decide to come back later. And that might be, 
Um, they want to wait this the, the whole virus out or could be trying to figure out schedules with stars. So what are your thoughts on and we can get into specific yeah. show names if you want. I don't know how you if you want to do that or well, not. No, but let, let's start with so let's start with that category of shows. So uh, I'm just trying to pull. So by my calculation, uh, the shows that had not. Oh, wait, this is my – I didn't make a full list. Um, the shows that had not started previews yet include – I can do that. I don't know if this is uh, – do you have a list? Yeah, what, yeah. what are the shows that hadn't hadn't entered their first preview? Previews yet. Um, Birthday Candles uh, uh-huh. had not. American Buffalo. Uh, Take Me Out. Plaza Suite. Sing Street. How I Learned to Drive. Caroline or Change. And Flying Over Sunset. For me, every single one of those shows is in potential of not actually coming yeah. back to performances. Well, look, certainly for something like American Buffalo, um, Plaza Suite, mm-hmm. uh, 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 How I Learned to Drive, if you if you aren't picking it up, I'm talking about shows that have a, a big star na- mm-hmm. attached to them or birthday, a big star. Birthday so. Candles with birthday Deborah candles. Messing, yeah. Take Me Out even, all of these so, plays, yeah. Those are shows where I think the critical X factor is what's the star schedule. Um, we also don't know, right? Like these stars might have had movies going into production right after uh, yeah. they were set <laughs> and to close. Who knows if those but, happen? Yeah, uh, but those productions are probably just as delayed. Um, uh, but maybe not, right? Like we, we it's it, it's going to take a while to figure out what the schedule is. But so so that's one category. I think for shows that you know didn't spend much because uh, they weren't in rehearsals yet. You know, maybe they were spending some advertising money, but they weren't in rehearsals yet, or they were in rehearsals but they weren't far enough in. Anything yeah. that didn't start previews, I think that there's a very interesting chicken or egg situation here with the Tony Awards because. Until the Tony, until the the league and the uh, uh, decides what is going to happen with the Tony Awards, those shows might not make decisions again, other than maybe a scheduling thing, um, as to what they want to do. Because, and we'll get more into this in, in a, you know after we finish up this conversation of what happens to these shows, but there are a few different things that could happen for the Tonys. They could be canceled, they could be postponed, they could be altered in nature, and shows that. Um, you know, they we we they could be canceled, and we can see a a, a two season, you know, two seasons combined as one. Ooh, that um, would, I don't like that uh, idea. I really no, I mean, like I don't that think idea. that. I, look, I, I we'll talk about what I think is going to happen in a minute. But my point is, these shows that haven't opened yet, we're either we're either in previews or hadn't started previews yet. Uh, but most of the ones that hadn't started previews yet, maybe hadn't loaded in yet, they are probably going to make the decision on what to do. After they figure out how it plays in with the Tony game, right? If they can easily say, you know what, put everything in storage, we're going to sit this out because the Tonys are going to happen and we'll come in after, you know, after the Tonys and be eligible for next year, then maybe they'll do that. If there are going to be Tonys, but they might be postponed, then maybe they'll still open in the spring. I have a feeling it's going to be about that. Um, again, other than maybe the celebrity, the, the, the star casted ones. What about, the fact that of these eight shows that haven't begun previews yet, five of them are from not-for-profit companies. How does that play into it, either in terms of the money or in terms of the scheduling? Uh, because they're going to have to figure out how to work around their subscribers who have already subscribed for a full season. And canceling shows, They that's going to cost them money one way or the other, whether that's saying we'll roll that into next season or whatever. Right. So birthday candles, take me out. How I Learned to Drive, Caroline or Change, and Flying Over Sunset um, are all from not-for-profits. Now, Flying Over Sunset is with Lincoln Center. They don't do necessarily seasons like that. Um, and I'm not sure exactly if Second Stage does with Take Me Out, but I think they do. But how does that factor in to some of these decisions, do you think? So the, not not totally knowing what the what the back end right. is of yeah, running a non Because there could be commercial producers on these yeah. shows as well. Uh, but 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 even just like you know, not knowing what the bureaucratic administrative board situations are with these nonprofits, I have to imagine though my and this is a wild guess, take it or leave it. But I have to imagine that these nonprofits will determine what they want to do with the productions first, and then figure out what that means for the subscribers second. Again. Some of these nonprofits might have boards that want a certain thing or, or, or whatever, whatever. But, but my feeling is that first you figure out what you're going to do with this production 
you know, if you cancel the production, it seems to me easier. It seems to me to be easier for a nonprofit to say to fix this on their subscriber side. So, for example, say, sorry, you know, obviously that was crazy. You know, we're going to give you a plus one, you know, you know, an, an extra ticket to two of our shows next season. And there'll be different shows where they'll be the same shows, right? Like it seems to be easier to even things out for grandfathered in subscribers than it is to completely reconstruct uh, their production schedule. Um, but and we'll get into this, you know, later on with with also uh, theaters around the country and and development of new shows. A lot of these, uh, it, you know, though nothing was really announced yet, a lot of these nonprofits were weeks away from announcing their. Uh, 20, 2021 season, you know, 2020, 2021 season. So literally, I mean, for, for, for them, it's a really interesting predicament because I do think that there's a domino situation where if they push back one thing, they have to push back another thing. And I think that it'll be a case by case basis. Yeah. So those are the shows that haven't begun previews yet. There are some shows that I think that have begun previews. And I think there are some shows that are open. And I think there are some shows that have been open for a very long time that might just see this month or two months or however long period off and just say, all right, I think we're done. What is the decision for maybe, let's say, two, the two longest running shows on Broadway, Chicago and Phantom? I think that there's a very real chances that one or both of those shows don't come back. Now, I'm not going to predict that at this point, but I really think that those shows in particular, they don't always grow su- Great numbers. Phantom does better than Chicago. But we know that they do such high traffic from foreign tourists that I think that they could be disproportionately impacted by this virus and having much longer repercussions than maybe some of these other shows. So that's why I think like Chicago and Phantom could be in trouble and might actually close despite the fact that they've been running for, you know, 20, 30 years. And everyone just assumed that they would outlive us all. I think it depends on, you know, this is not, uh, you don't have an opinion that isn't shared by a lot of people. However, I can't imagine that they don't have the, I mean, who knows, right? No one expected this to happen, but I'd have to imagine that because they recouped so long ago and they have been decades and decades. Yeah. Like I have to imagine that. And also remember, you know, Phantom has a movie that they're, you know, probably uh, maybe getting residuals on at this point. There's, you know, international productions, there's licensing, there's, so these, these shows are making money in many different ways. I have to imagine that they weren't so eager to pay out their investors that they were able to keep a reserve up to get them through something like this. Because, because look, I mean, even if it's an eight-week hiatus, now granted, we're talking about zero sales, not you know a bad week or two. But you have to imagine that 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 they, uh, you know, these are the type of shows that make so much money on the holidays and in the summer. And they just and they do pretty poorly. They're at best middle of the road shows during the 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 bad you know the worst weeks of the year. Um, you have to imagine that their long term strategy allows for them to take a pretty long hit to their sales. Um, but I but but you're not the only one who thinks this. A lot of people think this that there's a, a real possibility that these will close. One of the things that I think the question speaks to that is actually true for every show though is just that the makeup of the bro- like th- th- this is such a hit to broadway because not only do people have to be willing to get in a theater with a thousand other people and i think there's a chance that that happens quickly we'll talk about that in a little bit but also right 65 percent of our audience are tourists uh you know 20 percent of that is international so people have to be willing to get on a plane to new york um, internationally, the crisis has to be pretty much over to get to see a full, mm-hmm. you know, nineteen percent uh, of of those as, as tourists uh, or, or international tourists back in the marketplace. But the other thing is that um, the our core audience um, of Broadway is also the most susceptible to complications with the virus. Right, mm-hmm. sixty five plus 
which I think has like an eighty, which I think has eighty percent of the of the deaths uh, of the virus, make up fifteen or almost sixteen percent of our audience. Um, and if you group in the fifty plus, which you know again, I think fifty sixty is also moderately susceptible to the virus. Uh, like in total, you have almost forty percent of our audience. Um, and then on the on on the road, it's even worse. On the road, those two groups together make up over sixty percent of the audience. So, so I do think that that the question of Phantom, I personally I think Phantom in Chicago should be able to make it through this, but maybe not if they were if they were on their uh, Phantom. I I can't imagine closes, but uh, that doesn't mean it won't. It just means that it would be you know a a, a, a huge story. Um, but you are right that. So these long-running shows um, are, uh, which are most you know mostly where the tourists are going to the long-running shows. They are are no less susceptible to consequences than than the newer shows. So let's talk about the newer shows. You mentioned the Tony Awards. We are now about a month out from what would have been five weeks out from what would have been the Tony eligibility deadline. That right. is clearly not happening. We don't know when shows will come back. We don't know what shows will come back. So what comes first? Does the Broadway League, once everything is able to start up again, does the league and the wing, do they decide we're going to do it? Or does that come first and then influence what shows are going to come back? How do you think this process goes? And when do you think the next Tony Awards will actually be? So I, I wish I knew what the conversation was around the Tonys. I don't. I, I, but I have spent the majority of my time since the uh, shutdown hypothetically thinking about what they must be thinking about. Um, I will say that I, I, I think that – so you know, we talked about two groups of shows, the, the shows that have the leisure hypothetically of pushing to next season or pushing to – to when this is, you know, when this is all over and done with and long running shows. I think there are a set of shows that like were in previews um, and we're about to open or that just opened where it's not going to be a Tony's thing at all, where the decision is just going to be financial, right? They either have enough money to stay open and keep running to the Tony's or they don't have enough money due to what we talked about, which is, you know, the fact that they have an uphill cl- uh, battle, uh, you know, a battle for sales. Plus remember, the campaign that's going to need to be done to get your, you are starting ticket sales up from near zero. And so a, sh- a show uh, like girl from the North country, right. Which had just opened to rave reviews and it had, you know, it, it was sort of, it was making its way. It's grosses were somewhere in the middle. Then it had great reviews and, and it was like, you know, had the potential to really start gaining momentum, uh, blasting those reviews out. That's a show that is going to have it really tough because they are starting with zero momentum, uh, so so those shows I think really are going to face the, the 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 most difficult time figuring out how to adjust uh, uh, strat, you know marketing strategy to get sales back to what they were. Um, but so so but but the Tony. So I, I think the, f- the first thing I want to say is that you know I, and again I I, can't, I, I know Charlotte uh, Saint Martin is a huge fan of yours, so I'm sure she's listening. Um, don't don't how dare you. <laughs> um, but I will say that I cannot more uh, people are saying that there's a possibility that the Tonys are canceled. I can't imagine I, there that would that, be a riot, wouldn't there? Yeah, well, it's also just I mean it's it's the wrong decision, right? Because nothing says our industry can't handle this like canceling for the first time in history the celebration of the industry, right? That um, like it is never – we have never – we I don't think – to my knowledge, there's never been even a postponement. Certainly over the years, the Tonys have fallen on different dates. The latest we've ever had it was um, I think uh, – hold on. I just looked this up. Let me see if I can um, – June 16th. June sixteenth is the latest we ever had it. No. Uh, I have a feeling we might break that record, but <laughs> yeah, I but I imagine I, so. Week later than what we were already planning. Yeah. Um. But so here's what here's what I think. I think that there is the Tonys are a mess right now because so it's, the issue is twofold, really really threefold, but it's twofold. It's it's a when is it going to be safe to hold the awards, and b what do the logistics of the awards look like. 
um, in a season where 16 of the 36 eligible shows have yet to open and what, uh, you know, and, and so, you know, do those shows get their chance to open? Do they not? Um, and the second part of the logistical nightmare is um, not only what do we do with the shows that would have been eligible had they been able to open, but even if even in the best case scenario where they just all open really you know one after another and they're all over, how do we deal with the voting process? Uh, you know, the Spring Road con- conference was canceled. Yeah. Um, that's when a lot, a lot of the voters from, from out of town get to see the shows. Um, but even so, like, right, like even the four weeks, right? So the, the way the calendar plays out at four weeks, which is what the initial, uh, shutdown was, uh, it is, uh, it brings us to April 12th, which is, I think a week or two prior to when, uh, the 23rd, I think was when they were going to announce, or the, sorry, the 23rd was the cutoff. Um, the 28th, Tuesday, the 28th was the, uh, nom- nominations announcement. So, so you're talking about, you know, uh, two weeks, uh, before the nominations were supposed to be announced. If we take the eight weeks that, that, you know, the, the CDC, um, said no gatherings over 50 people for eight weeks. So if we use that as a barometer, that brings us to May 10th, which is a, which is after the nominations were supposed to be announced. Um, and what, and is the, the week the the it's the the Sunday prior to when the conference would have been the Spring Road conference, so so that would have been the very that would have been a you know a week into the campaign um, and the sort of the, the heat of the of voting and and the and the um, campaign, uh, and then four weeks after that, if, it, if this drags on another four weeks, that's the Sunday the seventh, that's the Tony Awards, so it's going to be challenging, right? Even if everything is able to open, let's say we go, let's say we open on May 10th and they're like, okay, you know what? If, if you open before, you know, if they postpone and they say it's going to be in July and they say, okay, if you open before June one, you can be eligible. There still then isn't much time to get people into the theater to vote. So especially because all of those shows are going to have a much uh, more condensed Right. Opening schedule, so it's going to be harder for the voters to get to see everything because they're not, not as spread out. Easy for, right, it's not going to be easy for New York-based voters to see everything. Right, if you know, um, and I think you know, and then I think you know, postponing to a point where that's where that issue is solved just starts to mess up with next season. So, um, so my best guess is that the solution will be a combination of posp- uh, postponing and doing some, you know. Broadway magic on what the awards looks like um, proper. So like it might not be a huge Radio City spectacle. Um, I think the longer they postpone, the more likely it is that they're able to do a big event because um, sure. hypothetically it'll be safer. Yeah. Um, but but what I do think is that I think voting might need, you know, I think we might see um, like uh, temporary vote of rules changed. Again, I have no idea what that might look like, but maybe the nominating committee or the administration committee will will come up with, uh, you know, maybe some awards will be thrown out or, or you know, it's it's going to be a mess. I mean, I, and and the reason I bring up this thing about categories is like if you look at original score, which is almost always, I don't know if there's a case where it's gone to a play, but although plays are obviously eligible and there have been nominations for plays, uh, even in recent years, um, lightning thief is the only eligible musical for original score. If the Tony's, if, if nothing changed and if we didn't open another show, uh, cause everything else is a jukebox. So is that right? It would, yeah. It would My be lightning Lord. thief and the plays because Diana six flying over sunset and Mrs. Doubtfire, Mrs. Doubtfire didn't open in the, and Tina, and um, uh, Moulin Rouge and Jagged. North Country and Jagged are jukeboxes, and those yeah. are the ones that open. So wow. what happens to that category, right? If, if, if well, um, and the rules actually specify that there has to be a certain number of eligible, whatever, whether it's a production or individual, yeah. to have the category. And obviously, that the, like it's interesting though, because I, 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 you know, there are. Original music is interesting because it doesn't specify for a musical, and so any any um, time that there is a original 
music or original score credit in the title page of a play that is technically ineligible. Yeah, um, that's true. Right. So like so generally there are like twenty something eligible productions for that award. Um so that would be an interesting one. I mean I mean and you know maybe there are plays that would be competitive at it. Um but yeah it, it, you're right. Um you know certainly revival West Side Story opened, Carolina Change and Company didn't. Um so I think I think you might see some some sort of executive action taken by the administrative committee or the nominations committee on what categories uh, will be in place, but also you might just see, you know, them making this, you know, I, I could see a situation where the nomination committee votes and, and the winner of, of the nominating committee's votes wins the award, or, you yeah. know, perhaps it's just, perhaps it's just look, you know, the show must go on. And if you didn't, if you didn't get a chance to see the shows, cause you're not New York based, you know, you can't Sucks vote to this be year. Yeah. Um, but, but what I will say is that I, I, I firmly believe there has to be an awards because A, uh, again, it just – it's never happened and, and we're a strong industry and, and the show must go on. But B, and maybe more importantly um, – well, actually, and, and sorry, before I get to that, the other thing is that there's no better advertisement for Broadway than the Tonys. Year, year after year after year, it is just a big advertisement for our industry and we need it most right now. Exactly. Uh, but three is that there is going to be no way to reset from the calamity that has ensued because of this virus um, until we get a new season, which means that if the decision, which I've heard some people say might be the case, and I just don't think where, where it's like next year, anything that it open, it'll be like two seasons in one, all of next season, which will already be marred by, by this, will be, you know, even more like it, like it, we need to put a cap on on this very dark time in the finances of our industry um and i think the tony awards are the only way to do that it's like reset you know it's fall now open you know shows open and 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 that's the only way to do it so that's my sort of take on the tonys we're gonna move on from this because there's other stuff i want to get to but yeah here's one thought if they do push things back what happens to shows that we're planning on opening in the summer, like MJ, which was going to open on July 6th? What if they push back that far and MJ all of a sudden would have to be included in this season? Do they get a special dispensation to be counted part of the 2020-2021 season? It's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, no, it is it is really interesting. And I think, you know, like, look, again, I I would love to be in the room talking about this, but I'm not. But, um, not but you know, I, I think there's a way to do it. <laughs> I think there's a way to do it where – those shows which would have been next season but fall in the cutoff can elect, which would be really interesting. Um, they could do it. They can petition to stay in the right, season. The like they let people petition to be in different categories. Yeah, yeah I think that – I mean then like I think that's how it works also on some of these off-Broadway – on some of the – like the drama desks. I think – oh god. There was one recently – not the boys in the – there was something recently that was considered as part of – one season for the Tonys, but the season after or prior for the drama desks or, um, hmm. uh, and I can't remember what it was, but, but basically they had, they were like on the cusp of the cutoff and they petitioned the drama desks to be in that, in the next season or something like that. I wish I could remember, but I can't. That's all right. Well, let's get to a couple other things I want to talk about real quickly. You mentioned earlier in the show that this is going to have an impact on shows in development. You, uh, we've talked about it on Broadway Radio before. You are one of the producers on Limpica that was supposed to be going to La Jolla. I haven't mm-hmm. seen an official press release about that, but I'm assuming that's canceled or at least postponed, right? I mean, what I can tell you is that we are in the middle of, you know, conversations of what of what happens. Because um, when what, know, what were the dates it was supposed to be? Uh, May. Oh, okay. I thought it was April. So. Yeah, no, it's May. So that's that's the thing is is you know we're in this unique position. I mean, there it, it came at a weird time. Most of the regionals, um, it's it just like the off Broadways where you had um a lot of shows end early. Um, so you had things like Fly at La Jolla, which um right. ended early, and you had um things like um the Michael Friedman one. Off Broadway playwrights, yeah, unknown soldier, unknown soldier, like all these off Broadway shows ended early, and all these regionals ended early, and then there are all these shows that would presumably be the next block, which there's some buffer room. 
Um, but I think there's a big question there of what happens both to the shows that like just opened, right? Things like Unknown Soldier and um, uh, Fly and uh, uh, all the Natalie Portman's, right? All, all these things in the off-Broadway circle that didn't get to live out their life. And um, not to say anything about any ones I just I just said, but presumably, you know, we see off-Broadway transfers and regional transfers all the time. But it takes time to let people, the decision makers in our industry, see them off-Broadway or, or regionally. Um, I think there's a question of was there time in the runs that were cut short for those decision makers to see them? And then there's a the question of when do we get back from this? And and what does that look like for for shows like uh, like Lampica or like um, this morning you said – the Wanderer, um, which mm-hmm. was going to be—I forgot where—but I, I heard you say it this morning on, on today on Broadway, yeah. um, right? It's like all the things that that were going to be the the final slot of their regional houses or the off-Broadway houses. What happens uh, now? Do things go on as planned? Do do these productions get canceled? Do they get reimagined somehow? Like you know, do they do they change locations? Do they change time? This, these are conversations that are going to happen all over the country and all over the industry. And I do think it is going to have a profound effect on what, you know, the next season or two ha- uh, uh, um, looks like. Because it, it's also like, it's not just productions, right? Think about there are shows that wanted to open next season that were really dependent on backers auditions that they were playing for and, the spring yeah. and workshops. So, um, none of those are happening. Um, right. Like what we, I'm, I have a, a I, I, I do this. Um, I produce a, a series of readings for a nonprofit. We were going to do a, a 20 an hour on April 25th, which we haven't yet canceled, but we're looking at the calendar and looking at the news and we're saying there's a near zero chance that this is actually going to happen. And, you know, we're going to make that decision in the next week, but what happens to, you know, what are, what do we do about about that? I, it it is going to completely upend a lot of the show development that that we're doing yeah. um, in New York and outside. Yeah, um, it, not to mention, um, and I don't know if this is where, you, where you're going. Not to mention that I think also just the schedule of things that are on. Right, we already talked about the fact that some shows that were supposed to open this season might open next season. Um, some mm-hmm. shows that were that should have been open in the fall still open in the fall might not make it to the fall because of the financial pressures of this. So theater vacancies are going to be very different from what we thought they were going to be. Um, My poor Uh, spreadsheet. uh, Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like, (laughs) um, yeah, it'll be really interesting. I I have a feeling depending on how many shows that were supposed to open that can't open, but that are able to figure out schedule and push to the fall. Right. Um, you know, minutes, hangman, those kind of kind of shows. I have a feeling that there aren't going to be so many of those. It just seems really hard to get everything in order, and that um, what we will see is fewer shows than we would have. Because again, also the Tonys, right? I don't think the Tonys will be what they were, which means that these shows aren't going to get the national um, attention that they would have. So I have a feeling that we'll see more vacancies come fall than the theater owners or or producers were expecting, and we might see like just a lot of new material um, yeah. uh, in the fall. But but who knows? Well, and I think that as I'm looking at the shows that I mentioned that haven't begun pre- uh, performances yet that I think could potentially not open in the spring, there's literally only one of them. That was supposed to be an open-ended run, and that was Sing Street. Everything else was a limited run, either because it's a play with the big star, or there's a couple musicals in there, Carolina Change and Flying Over Sunset, that are through nonprofits. So to me, if any of these things that haven't begun previews yet, and I think you and I might have talked about this through text, it would be Sing Street that would move, because it's the one that needs the, the, the longest ramp to get going, because it wants to have a longer life than any of those other ones do. So that would be one that I think could could move it was it was the last addition to the spring season to begin with so it would make sense that it would be the first to move but we will get to that another thing that i wanted to get your opinion on though oliver is we've talked about this on today on broadway quite a bit we've seen from equity and a lot of the regional theater companies around the country and around the world because this hasn't this happened on Thursday, just a few hours before we recorded that NT live is looking into ways, which is something I'd actually said on yesterday's today on Broadway that I thought 
could find some ways to do streaming. How how does this impact us? What do you think equity will be willing to do? It's been they've been not just them, but the the unions have been often described as the reason that we don't have a lot of New York and American theater filmed. And I don't know how much of that is true, but we've seen some flexibility on that already. Do yeah. you think that A, we get more flexibility on that? And B, is this something that can be a template for how this moves forward to find some way to film Broadway and off-Broadway and regional shows after this pandemic actually finally passes? I think it depends on two things. I think it depends on A, how long this goes, because you know we saw literally the day after uh, Broadway shut down. Actually, we saw the day of the announcement. People start having these ideas, and Broadway World, I think, actually was one of the first. You know, I think uh, Alan was one of the first people to to um, to to start these these like program these, this programming online. And so it's you know that's obviously more like a cabaret type thing than a uh, than a or concert thing than a, a full on show. But uh, the point is, hours after the shutdown, people realized we are going to have to do what we do and make the money we make uh in 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 some cases online because people can't come to the shows anymore um i think that um what's the term um necessity is the motherhood of invention like yeah. i i i think that if as this goes on and as it becomes more critical that we find new ways to get these actors and people you know and, and designers and, and et cetera paid, we might start to create you know, we might start to formulate the templates of, of what can be longstanding contracts. But I think the other thing is that they need to work. And I think they will, right? Like I desperately yeah. want to see uh, uh Gloria and um what's the other one they're doing? Uh, at uh, in in San Francisco, they're doing they're oh, broadcasting. They're doing and, doing schoolgirls and uh at Berkeley Rep and yeah, I don't remember what the other one at oh, was uh, one ACT really, was. That's when I really want to see both of them. Are real, are real. Anyway, I really want to see both shows. And now there's going to be a way for me to do so. So, um, I think if they work, not just for the producer and the theaters, but for the the unions members, um. Then I think we have a better chance, right? Like I think if 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 people are like, oh wow, actually I was able to not um, really suffer through this uh, through this this shutdown because of the way these online streaming uh, platforms worked, uh, I think it would be great. You know, I saw I like I don't know what Broadway cheese. Actually, I probably should know because I think I probably did it, found out on an interview with with the um, with them on the Henry report, but. Uh, Broadway HD, I don't know how, how like sustained payments go or if it's just a, like a one-time fee, but I, I know they're running promotions right now, um, NT Live, like we said. Um, so I, I think I, I I think maybe it'll you know turn, shift the needle a little bit. But again, like the longer this goes and, and the better it works, the the better. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else that we have not covered in our 53 minutes because you I, and I cannot do anything yeah. quickly? Is there anything else that we did not cover that you want to hit on before we ramp it up for today, Oliver? Um, no, I, I don't. Well, I guess the, the only thing – yeah, the one thing I want to leave on is this. And I think you know the uh, Broadway World reported the, the South Korean sales were, were up right now. Um, and I saw in some other article that uh, – man, I can't remember what it was. It, it was interviewing uh, Sue Frost. Um, the producer of uh, one of the producers of um, Come From Away, uh, she echoed this thought, which is that there is a good chance that once people feel safe to go outside and to socialize, people will yearn for it. Um, like I have a feel every day of this of this you know um, uh, of this you know work from home pseudo quarantine situation yeah. feels like a week. And and it's been fun to like do you know video conferences with with friends and you know cyber uh, uh, happy hours which I haven't done yet but I've been seeing people post like that's all fun that's all fun and watching these streams are fun. I do think that there's going to be a good portion of people who as long as they have the money to do so after this. Um, Ooh, that's a whole other thing. Right, which is a whole other thing, right? Which is which is how does how does Broadway sustain during the economic times to come? But if we can, 
I think the thing we're going to want to do most is go be in a room full of people watching theater together. Um, I mean, I, I, I would know I will, like, I'll probably see a Broadway show the day the ban is lifted. Well, you know, whatever is on, um, because I just, I'll miss it so much. Um, and I think that's going to be more than like, I, or sorry, I hope that that will be more than just theater lovers. Like I hope that people who just haven't had an activity to do are like, eager to do activities or eager to do their in-person gym class after doing, you know, either nothing or workouts on TV. They're eager to go watch a, uh, a, a, you know, theater or a sports game after not being able to see, you know, consume anything. I think that there's a really good chance that that is the response. I think that there's also a good chance that that's not, but I'll leave you on that, on that hopeful. note. Well, and I think, I think it's going to be a different, time period of when that inclination comes back for folks, depending on who they are, where they are and right. what their situation is. I think some people, probably younger people are going to want to do that as soon as this all clears. But I think there's going to be some other folks who are a little bit more hesitant to get back out there and get into large groups of people of a thousand to 1500 people right away. And that's what my concern is. Even if this comes back on April 12th and Broadway comes back, as scheduled on April 12th, how long until people are like, I'm still not sure, especially because they're saying that this virus could be around for yeah. 18 months to two years in some form or another. I mean, obviously, it'll ebb and flow and they say that it'll go it'll die a little bit more when the temperature goes down, but it might come back when it gets cold. So I, I think there's still a lot that we don't know and cannot know because everything is still up in the air. Oliver, as always, I appreciate you shedding some light on some of these things. And if, if nothing else, um, if we didn't get into any like definite answers because we just can't, I just appreciate you talking it through with me um, yeah, so that we can bounce some things off of each other it, and, and it, try to figure it out from it, there. It'll be fun to re-listen to this. Uh, you know, like every week that passes, I think there'll be more certainty. So yeah. it'll it'll be fun to see. But anyway, yeah, uh, it was a great time. I appreciate cool. it. Stay safe uh, up in your up in your your den where you've moved everything around and uh, we'll talk soon